Blog Talk Radio. Romans 2 and 5. Nope. Righteous judgment of the Most High, who will yep. render unto every man according to his nope. deeds, to them who by patience yep. continue in some well-doing seat, no nope. glory and honor and immorality, yep. eternal life. But unto them that are nope. contentious and do not obey the yep. truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation, and wrath. You an African-American? Nope. You believe that's your heritage? Yep. Do you know who you are? Nope. King, queen? Yep. Nigga with back? Nope. Do you shine like a star? Yep. Think they gon' say it? Nope. We gon' explode. Yep. Yeah. They gon' take your life? Nope. So many secrets in the vault? Yep. Do this knowledge cost? Nope. Hop in the book to mine? Yep. Do you follow these laws? Nope. Do they still exist? Yep. Have time to wait?
from You got to choose one Who you gonna choose the most I your theater Two sides to choose from You got to choose one Who you gonna choose Who you gonna choose Got to choose All right, all right, all right. You're going to learn today. All right, all right, all right. You're going to learn today. All right, all right, all right, all right. Uh, shalom, good evening. I, I know that sounds a little weird, huh? Shalom, good evening. Uh, welcome once again to another episode of ISBHPK Presents Bible Talk, the Israelite School of Biblical History and Practical Knowledge, presenting uh, the, our podcast, Call uh, Bible Talk. Shalom, shalom, and good evening. Um, ISBHBK um, has a network of a network of schools set up across the uh, United States. Uh, we have we have a school here in San Antonio, Texas, um, located at 4444 Walsham, um, uh, uh, San Antonio, Texas. The zip code being 78217. Uh, they have classes every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and also uh, Saturday morning, starting at 10 during the Sabbath service, <coughs> uh, headed by the brother Warner Iyer. Uh, uh, with uh, Shamshuan and Dawiyat uh, taking the realm of things here in San Antonio. Uh, we also have a school in San Antonio and Houston, excuse me, Houston, Texas, uh, headed up by the brother uh, Kwatizap, uh and the brother uh, uh, Lak They handle it there in Houston, doing an excellent job. Um, and they have classes uh, uh, also uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday. And you can catch them live on YouTube on Fridays and Saturdays, and then there's also ISBHBK Norfolk, uh, headed by the brother Kazakia and the brother Arya Arya Amawan out there in Norfolk, Virginia. Um, and you can catch the live classes on YouTube as well on Fridays, and then you can also catch uh, the brother Zion Allah up in uh, Rochester, New York, holding things down, holding things down up there. Uh, we are Hebrew Israelites. Uh, we do teach that. Here in the Western Hemisphere, those people of Negro and Indian descent um, and Hispanic descent, so-called Negroes, West Indians, Puerto Ricans, Haitians, Dominicans, Cubans, North American Indians, similar Indians, Argentinians, Chileans, Brazilians, Colombians, Panamanians, and so-called Mexicans, they, uh, you are the original descendants of the 12 plus tribes of the nation of Israel, that the people that led through the Red Sea um, were the Israelites and that we are the actual descendants from those 12 families that comprise and made up the nation of Israel, the Israelites, the ancient Israelites. And that the reason that we're in captivity and don't know who we are is because we continually kept breaking the laws, statutes, commandments, and covenant that was made between us and the Lord God, the, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And that throughout our history, we've been in many captivities because of our sins. We've been in many captivities and many slaveries because of our transgressions. Um, but the one thing we, we did uh, in, the, in all those captivities that we found ourselves in because of our sins and transgressions is that we as a nation, the nation of Israel, we repented as a nation of Israel, not just individuals, but we came together as a nation. We confessed our sins of, of, uh, that we were committing and the sins that our fathers were committing, the sins of, of whoever it is we looked up to and we were following and that we admired and maybe had a sentimental attachment to, that they were wrong. They led us away from the Most High. We willingly went away from the Most High. 
and that now we're, we're asking for forgiveness. We're asking for, as a nation, for the Lord now to come and for, to forgive us and to deliver us out of captivity and the slavery that we were involved in. And that the Lord would always, once those, those uh, prerequisites were met, then the Lord would always send a savior. He would always send a, a deliverer. He would always send somebody to come and free us from the captivity that we find ourselves in, from it being Moses um, out of Egypt to when we go through the book of Judges, various judges um, that actually saved Israel out of captivity, saved Israelites out of, out of oppression, saved Israelites out of slavery, um, until finally it got to the point where we kept repeating that cycle with, with the Lord God so many times um, that the Lord God set a limit. Um, and then we eventually were, got to the point where after all the captivities, um, the Lord then finally kicked us out of the land, uh, beginning with the Assyrian captivity. Uh, then from, right after the Assyrian captivity, uh, we came into the Babylonian captivity. From the Babylonian captivity, we went right to the Persian Mede captivity. From the Persian Mede captivity, we went right into the Greek captivity. From the Greek captivity, we went right into the Roman captivity. And then it was in Rome in, in 70 AD under the Roman uh, occupation and our, uh, the slavery that we were under with the Romans, that finally the, uh, the last of Israelites were kicked out of the promised land. That from the Assyrian captivity, the northern kingdom was kicked out of the promised land and spread. Um, and the majority came over to, to the Americas, but were also spread up through um, what became Europe, um, Asia, uh, Asia Minor, that we got kicked out. The northern kingdom was kicked out of the promised land. And then in 70 AD, uh, the fulfillment of prophecy uh, came to pass of Israel. The Israelites finally being exiled and expelled out of the promised land, having in 70 AD under the Roman captivity, the Roman slavery, uh, where, again, we were scattered throughout the world. But the, but the majority of us running down into, into Africa, uh, we, we dwelt there for over 1,500 years, and then the true Africans, uh, nations of Africa uh, gathered together along with the Arabians and then sold us to the so-called white man into slavery here into the Americas, the transatlantic slave trade, uh, bring us over here to the Americas, where obviously we are still in captivity, where obviously we are still in oppression, where obviously we are still um, being afflicted and vexed by our enemies in a land that's not even ours any, uh, anymore, and that why we're not in the promised land, but, and this is why now it's important now for us, after going through all these captivities, going through all these punishments, that now we come to get, come back together as Israelites, and now it's time for us to repent as Israelites. It's time for us to confess that we have been going wrong and doing wrong, and that the people that we've looked up to, that we followed, that we idolized, that we um, wanted to follow their blueprint, they've all been wrong. They've all been wrong. We have been wrong, and that it's time for us to now get back right with the Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, um, and ask for forgiveness and uh, a deliverer or savior whom the world calls Jesus Christ. So he's going to be the last savior, the last deliverer of the Israelites out of captivity again, because after this captivity, the Israelites will no longer ever, 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 we will never, ever go into another captivity because of sin ever again. Once the, the Lord and Savior um, who the world calls Jesus Christ, comes and actually delivers us, the Israelites, the so-called Negroes, West Indians, Puerto Ricans, Haitians, Dominicans, Cubans, North American Indians, similar Indians, Argentinians, 
Chileans, Brazilians, Colombians, uh, Panamanians, so-called Mexicans, we will never, ever, ever, once Christ comes, be brought back into slavery or captivity ever again. And this, this, is, what, uh, this is what we're trying uh, – this is the message. This is even the message that Christ taught. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. All right? It's time to repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Uh, I've been going over this series as far as taking a look at biblical salvation, as far as the, um, uh, the judges, the saviors, the deliverers that God has used with the nation of Israel and delivering the Israelites and giving the Israelites salvation uh, throughout history. So we might understand what, what it means to be saved, um, what, what the Bible's talking about when it talks about being saved and what salvation is. Uh, I've been covering that. But tonight, and, 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 and I'm being joined by uh, the brother Gabar Kawa, but tonight I'm going I'm to take a little, we're going to cover another topic tonight. Um, I was going to cover the captivities of Israel. I was going to go into that, but uh, uh, my, my son had a question about uh, temptation, and me and the family actually started this class um, a couple of days ago, but I wanted to go, go over this class tonight because I needed a little bit more time to really put together the next part of biblical salvation. I wanted a little bit more time, so tonight we're going to be going over temptation. All right, tonight we're going to be going over temptation. And as I said once before, I'm being joined by the brother Gabarqua. Shalom, you there? Shalom, sir. Yahweh, brother, what's good? I should say, Barakatum, to all the Israelites tuning in tonight also. Everything's good. I'm ready to go. I'm 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 here, um, and I'm joined uh, with uh, with uh, Ben Ben and Dahlia. Actually, um, are they're 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 here right next to me. Nice, shalom, shalom, shalom. To do that, you know. Um, shalom, you two. How y'all two doing? It's been a long time since I've seen y'all. Say that again. He said, he said, Shalom. It's been a long time since he's seen y'all. You guys must be teenagers by now. No. You guys, you guys must be driving driving Robin's car. No. What? <laughs> um, no. That is... Uncle Gubar's two two youngest kids. Ben and Dahlia. You haven't met them. Oh yeah, you met Ben and Dahlia. Yeah. Hello. Uncle Gubar's kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. Was it when we went to his house? Yeah. Oh, wow. Hey. <laughs> uh, hey. Um uh this one here, uh Idar says Salam also. <laughs> Shalom. Shalom. Shalom, cousin. 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 As I, as I pull it up here on my computer, um, if you go to isbhpk.com, 
Um, like you might be just dragging. Uh, the Passover is coming up. Right? The Passover is definitely coming up. And when you log on to isbhbk.com, um, when it first comes up, you're going to see the invite, the RSVP for Passover 2023. Now, you're going to see the invite for Passover 2023 at isbhbk.com, which you can obviously access on your phone, um, a tablet, a laptop, or, or desktop. Uh, the invite is there. It's the very first thing you're going to see. It's, it's cute. You cannot miss it. It says, um, uh, and the Passover, a feast for the Jews, uh, was nine. So, again, for Passover 2023, there is an RSVP um, that, that have been, uh, has been established. As I click on it, it says, uh, Sunday, April 9th, um, the Passover celebration in Norfolk, Virginia, 2023. Again, that's uh, Sunday, April April 9th, all right, uh, in Norfolk, Virginia, 2023, at the uh, Dochiki Club. I don't know if I'm saying that right. At the Dochiki Club. So all Israelites unified together to celebrate the Passover. Uh, time and location, again, April 9th, um, 2023, starting at 4.30 p.m. through 11 p.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time. At the uh, Dochiki Club, which is located at 2705 Chestnut Avenue and Newport News, Virginia, uh, 23607 uh, in the USA, uh, obviously in, in America. But they have the, um, the RSVP. Um, they asked for, for guests um, about the event, um, about the Passover RSVP. Uh, they have a map of where it's going to be at. Um, it says share this event. Let me make sure I do that. I haven't done that yet. Um, so if you're interested in making it to the Passover, again, which is going to be April 9th. Now, we're going to observe April 9th uh, in uh, North Virginia, Newport News, uh, Virginia. Uh, the invite is definitely there. Right? The invite is definitely there. And RSVP. And we need the RSVP filled out so we know how much lamb, approximately how much lamb needs to be purchased um, for all that are being in attendance. As well as you know the um, the monster crackers, the um, the wine, the the, uh, the the grape juice for the kids, um, uh, plates, silverware, um, uh, tables, chairs, or what have you. So we have a, a pretty good idea about how many is coming, and how many uh, what preparations need to be need to be established. All right. Um, my last word, and it might have changed. My last word is. They're asking for um, a $300 donation, knowing that people have to travel or whatever, but if you uh, send a $300 uh, donation uh, just to help cover all expenses, uh, help cover, again, the, the, the price of the building, the cost of the lamb, the cost of the, uh, the matzahs, the cost of uh, the catering, and everything that's going to be done. Uh, they are asking for a donation of $300 per family. Right? They're going to be in attendance. So, again, if you go to isbhpk.com, that's isbhpk.com, uh, you can't miss it. It's the very first thing on, on, on the um, – when you, when you get to the website, uh, Passover 2023, just click it, and it will give you all the details that you need. Right? I just wanted to get that announcement. Uh, and, again, we do know that uh, March 6th and 7th, uh, we'll be, we, will, we will be observing for REM, March 6th and March 7th. 
we'll be observing Param in, in, in the different uh, schools, um, uh, school locations that we have, which, again, will be March 6th and March 7th, all right, starting at sundown. Uh, please, please, you know, uh, see if you can make uh, arrangements to join up with Israelites on these on these very important days that are coming up. Ah, okay, with all that being said, let's deal um, with this time. Uh, anything you want to say, Gabar? Um, yeah, I wanted to actually ask you um, about the. Can you hear me? Oh. Yeah, loud and clear. Okay. Um, about the uh, mashap chaya. Um, I, I I missed I missed it. I didn't get it until it was like eight thirty or maybe nine thirty. But you had uh, sent. The the mashap chaya. No, no, mashapacha. Mashap chaya. Mashap chaya. Yeah, the the uh, family. It's my family. Right. Right. Um, is that is that going to be on a set day? Um, um at at seven thirty or. And, and, and what that is is, uh, for, for those that don't understand, um, the sister of Adaya, um, uh, the, the wife of uh, of Wum, that family is 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 cool. It, it's a, it's a joy and a pleasure and, and an honor to to know them and to uh, uh, for them to be a part of our lives. The sister of Adaya, um, she uh, she's always looking for different activities um, for children. She's always uh, been a champion um, that things be done for for children. Um, from from uh, I don't even know how to uh, just just uh, the Maya Yasha Allah um, uh, uh, Bible classes for kids, um, kids activities. Um, she's just I mean really spearheaded a lot of that. So one thing she had, had started or has started is every night here about seven thirty. Um, uh, uh, Texas time is uh, story time. Uh, story time right before uh, uh, bedtime uh, for school age kids. For school age kids, and it happens to be on Google Meets. Right? It happens to be on Google Meet. It was on Zoom, uh, but now we do it on, on Google Meets, and it's just uh, we're going over uh, Bible stories for the kids. We're actually re- uh, going through the Bible and reading Bible stories for the kids. Um, uh, we're we're in Exodus, um, and we're just we're, we're covering Exodus right now, and it's it's tailored and meant and, and directed towards uh, younger kids, uh, with, with you know a lot of animation, um, uh, uh, a lot a lot of the, the the voice characters or what have you, um, and and the kids get to see one another uh, uh, on on camera um, or what have you as we're going ahead and we're reading the stories in in the Bible. Uh, just gives the kids something to to, to think about what's on their mind before they go to sleep. That is is something Hebrew, uh, you know, getting away from the uh, uh, the games or the or the TikTok or the social media, what have you. But giving something for the kids that before they go to bed, um, especially since it's being school nights, that they might be able to uh, have something for them that's, that's keeping them uh, around the culture, giving them the introduction to to Israel, giving them the introduction to Bible stories. So. Yeah, brother. Um, to answer the question about the mashpacha, mashpacha, which means family, mashpacha, mashpacha means family. Um, 
The sister does do that every uh, every night. She tries to do it every night at seven thirty, um, but with her husband Dawan being in um, uh, dealing with it, with uh, some health issues right now, uh, we missed the past uh, two two days. But yeah, she's going to be picking that back up. Uh, so so and, and it's for the kids. Right, it's for the kids. And what I'll do is every time I get the notice that she's doing it, I'll send it out to whoever's interested. Uh, to let you know that um, tonight will be the, the Bashbacha, uh story time for uh, for kids to be able to join in. It's on Google Meets, so any phone, tablet, uh, 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 desktop, laptop that, that that anybody might have, they can join in. They can join in and be able to listen to and read along with uh, story time with Auntie Baradaya. All right. Uh, any other? Did that answer your question, Ah? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right, cool. So tonight's class we're dealing with is temptation, all right? Tonight's class that we're dealing with is temptation. Um, Brother, sister, you're going to need a paper and pen tonight. You're going to need a paper and pen. Um, it, it, we're going to get into some reading. We're going to get into some reading and some definitions, all right? The first definition I do want to go to is the Webster's 1828 Dictionary, and I got it right here um, for temptation. When we go to the word temptation, um, the very first thing it says, it's a, it's a Latin word. It says the act of tempting. And what I want to pay attention to in this definition right here is the enticement to evil by arguments, by flattery, or by the offer of some real or apparent good. I, I, I'm going to repeat this so that um, uh, people have a chance to, to write it down. In dealing with the word temptation, it is uh, the enticement to evil by arguments. All right, being enticed, being encouraged, being 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 um, uh, led away or led into evil by arguing arguments. But somebody is, is is trying to argue with you of why this might be a good idea. Somebody's trying to argue with you, or they're trying to give reasons why doing a certain thing ain't really that bad. So the the enticement of evil by arguments or by flattery. Somebody just flattering you, blowing your head up. Uh, uh, Giving you uh, uh, just blowing your head up and, and trying to promise you some some good things to do something that's wrong, or it says by the offer of some real or apparent good, uh, I'll be your friend, uh, you'll be cool, um, uh, you'll be accepted. If you do this, uh, uh, I'll, I'll I'll give you something. Uh, you'll you'll be my best friend. It'll be our secret. Um, that they try and tell you that there'll be something good that comes out of doing something evil. And when we say evil means something wrong, something that's against God, right? Something that's against God. So we got that definition for temptation. We got a couple more we want to get. Um, definition number one, all right, is again the enticement to evil by uh, the enticement to evil proceeding from the prospect of pleasure or advantage. And I like this right here, I'm trying to get to the point, that by doing something that God doesn't like, that you're going to get some type of pleasure or you're going to get some type of advantage. It's going to make you, on some, some, some level, it's going to make you feel good. That, to give an example, um, we might, like, I'm using this example because I'm dealing with it currently. Uh, just yesterday, I had mouth surgery, 
um, I, I, had, I had three teeth um, uh, pulled yesterday. And one of the temptations I've, I've, I'm, I'm facing with having had three teeth pulled yesterday is the temptation to want to eat some chips. Now, the doctor's instructions, the dentist's instructions says, I cannot eat chips. But I'm being tempted by wanting to eat chips because I like the taste, especially barbecue, that I really want to eat some barbecue chips. And eating the chips specifically, that it would be a good chance that the, the, the stitches that I have in my mouth, I can pop those stitches in my mouth um, or reopen the 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 gums where I've had the teeth pulled and but the thought of how good the barbecue chips would taste right now, the pleasure I would receive from immediately having the, the taste of the, the chip flavor in my mouth and then the crunch of the chip that that pleasure I'm going to get and I know that is what the dentist said not to do. I know the dentist. He gave the instructions. Don't do it. But the pleasure that my mind wants to say is, but you like the taste of chips. And then knowing that I got cavities, I had cavities, uh, of wanting to eat, eat candy, want to eat a lot of candy without brushing my teeth, want to eat, eat candy or, or, or uh, eat my meals, uh, breakfast, lunch, or dinner, snacks, and then not brush my teeth after every one, knowing I have cavities, but the taste of the candy being so good, the, the, the enjoyment of eating chocolate, the enjoyment of eating some something sweet, um, that I know I'm going to get some pleasure from that, but not worry about my cavities, not worry about I got to have teeth pulled because I'm not taking care of my teeth because of the things that I eat. That the temptation is because it tastes so good, I'm going to get some pleasure. Um, it's going to give me some type of advantage. That this is again. And dealing with temptation, this is what a temptation in the word temptation actually means. Now I'm going to jump down to uh, definition number four from the Webster's 1828 Dictionary to definition number four. I wanted to highlight this also. And it says, that which is presented to the mind as an inducement to evil. Now I'm, I'm going to read again. Um, give everybody a chance to catch up. Definition number four of under temptation from the Webster's 1828 Dictionary. It says, that which is presented to the mind as an inducement to evil. That there's, going to be some, there's going to be some thoughts that, that will come to a person to do something that's, that God doesn't like, that we're going to be, be presented. There's going to be something that, that, that is going to be presented to the mind. It's going to be an imagination. It's going to be a dream. It's going to be certain things that come to the mind that will try and push a person to do something that's against God. But it's going to seem to that person not such a big deal. It's going to seem to that person, but this is what I like. It's going to seem to that person, but but uh, I don't see what's wrong with it. I, I like it. That's why I'm doing it. So, again, definition, definition number four from the word temptation is that which is presented to the mind as an inducement to evil. Okay? So I want to get those things uh, out the way then. So I have the brother, uh, Gabar Kawa. Uh, uh, can we go to Luke chapter 3, verse 21? 
We're going to go to Luke chapter 3. Uh, we're going to be verses 21 and 22. Luke chapter 3, verses 21 and 22. And, well, let's just, let's just read it. Then, then, then we'll um, expound on it. Luke chapter 3, verse 21. Con. Um, Luke chapter 3 and verse 21 reads, Now, when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also being baptized and praying, the heaven was opened. And the the Holy Spirit descended in a bodily shape like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven which said, Thou art my beloved Son, in thee I am well pleased. Okay, I wanted to get this, brothers and sisters, I, I wanted to get this. Um, uh, and showing that first, I want, I want to come back and show that even Jesus Christ Himself, or the world called Jesus Christ, even He was tempted. Even He had to go through temptations. All right, and that yes, each of us is going to have to go through temptations. Each of us is going to be presented with, with things presented to our minds, uh, either by arguments or by uh, what is it here, by arguments or by um, flattery Or by the offer of some real Or apparent good That we're each going to be presented with things That's going to have us go against God But it's going to seem to be so good it's going to, it, Or it's going to be people Just arguing And, 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 and arguing and arguing Until we give in to do something That, that God doesn't like um, It's going to be some promises made that we'll get rich, we'll get money, uh, we'll get some candy, we'll get whatever, um, if we go against what God says and do what everybody else is doing. So in understanding this, I want us to, I want to kind of throw out there first that even Jesus Christ got tempted. A lot of times we, we feel a sense of condemnation and the fact that we get tempted. But I want us to look at things through, uh, from a biblical perspective, from the Bible perspective, and even see that even Christ was tempted. But I want us to pay attention to when was Christ tempted? When did Christ reach? When did Christ had to put up with the, his biggest fight? I'm so like that. One of his biggest fights is if we notice now in Luke chapter three, he just got baptized. All right, if Lotus. If you notice now in Luke chapter 3, Jesus Christ just got baptized. And not only did he just get baptized, uh, what did verse 22 say to us? What did verse 22 say? Uh, Tom, uh, Luke chapter 3 and verse 22 says, or reads, and the, and the Holy Spirit descended in a bodily shape like a dove upon him, and a voice came from heaven which said, Thou art my beloved Son. And B, I am well pleased. So here we're saying that a voice from heaven actually came and said what? That God actually said what? That he was well pleased. He said, thou art my beloved son, in whom I'm well pleased. That now Jesus Christ was even now recognized by God. That the Holy Spirit descended on him like a dove. It, it was seen by John, by John the Baptist. And after getting baptized... God himself announced, thou art my beloved son, and whom I will please, that God is pleased with Christ. 
that he's pleased with him, that Christ is doing everything right. And God has now announced, thou art my, my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. God recognized Jesus Christ, and he's pleased with Jesus Christ. Now, from what we've been taught through religion and what we've been taught through, 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 through church, it would seem like, well, if God is happy with me, then I should have to face nothing ever again. That if God recognizes what I'm doing, that things should get easy for me. I should be on, on, on the, the yellow brick road. I should be on the road to easy street, that I shouldn't have no more problems, no more worries, no more anything, because now God has not recognized me. God has called me his beloved son. He's pleased with me. I, I'm just waiting to go straight to the heaven. That would be the thinking that we get from, from going to church all of our lives uh, and just looking at, at, at things from a religious point of view, especially with the prosperity teaching um, that we see with a lot of TV evangelists, with a lot of, uh, uh, a, a lot of people, that if God is with you, you should be on the life of Riley. You should have the most easiest, uh, prosperous, success. that everything should be just peaches and cream, that there shouldn't be no problems because God just said, He's pleased with me. I've, I've, I'm, God is with me, so it should be all good from here on out. Well, let's see. Let's see. Let's read Luke chapter 3, verse 23. Luke chapter 3, verse 23 reads, And Jesus himself began to be about 30 years of age, being as was supposed, the son of Joseph, which was the son of Goliath. All right, cool, cool, cool. I want us to keep Luke chapter 23. I want us to kind of highlight that and remember that. That remember, after Christ got baptized, after Christ got baptized, he's about 30 years of age. That's going to be very important. We're going to come back to that to that point. Let's go now to Matthew chapter 3 and, and get the same history, but let's read it from Matthew chapter 3. Uh, we're going to start at verse 13. Let's get the same same thing, but a little bit more perspective. By going to Matthew chapter 3, we'll start at verse 13. Um, Matthew, Matthew chapter 3 and verse 13 reads, Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. But John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, and comest thou to me? And Jesus answering said unto him, Suffer it to be so now, for Thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him. Cool. I wanted to cover this right here also, brothers and sisters. I want to kind of and touch on it. I know we're doing the topic of temptation. I'm, I'm not getting away from that. Uh, but there's some things that are leading up to to this topic in this, in this build-up. That Jesus Christ getting baptized. I just had to cover this while, just for a second. Because we've covered this topic so many times before. But, and but, yes, Jesus Christ did get baptized. But I'm going to ask you all to remember, at what age did Christ get baptized? He was 30 years old. All right? Jesus Christ got baptized. He was 30 years old. And John the Baptist is saying to, to, to Jesus Christ that you, you want to get baptized of me. I should be baptized of you. But Christ said, well, suffer it be so for now, for it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. All right? Why did Christ say it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness? 
Well, first we had to go to Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 25. Keep a bookmark in Matthew chapter 3. We're coming back to it. Keep a bookmark in Matthew chapter 3. But what does it mean to fulfill all righteousness? What is God's righteousness that needs to be fulfilled? Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 6, and verse 25. The book of Deuteronomy chapter 6, and verse 25. Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 25. Read, and it shall be our righteousness if we observe to do all these commandments before the Lord our God as he hath commanded us. So we're finding out here now in in reading the Bible and, and, and putting the precepts together that what is God's, it is our righteousness if we observe to do what? To observe to do all these commandments before the Lord as our God as he has commanded us. So to keep God's commandments, that is what it means to be righteous. All right? In God's eyes, you're righteous, we are righteous when we keep his commandments. If we don't keep his commandments, we're not righteous. So Christ had told John the Baptist what? In being baptized, that what? It fulfills all righteousness or what? We have to keep God's commandments to, in order to be right. All right? From there, let's go to Psalms. Letting Deuteronomy go, Holy Matthew. Let's go to Psalms chapter 119, verse 172. Let's go to Psalms chapter 119, 119th Psalms, and verse 172. Psalms chapter 119 and verse 72. Uh, 172. 172? Right. Psalms chapter, the 119th Psalms. And the 172nd verse. All right. Psalms 119 and verse 172 reads, My tongue shall speak of thy word, for all thy commandments are righteousness. It says all of God's commandments are what? Are of thy word, for all thy commandments are righteousness. Because all of God's commandments are righteousness. All right. When we're keeping God's commandments, that's what makes us right. If we're not keeping God's commandments, we're not right, not in the eyes of God, all right? We have to be keeping God's commandments if we're going to be righteous. We have to keep God's commandments if we're going to be righteous. For Jesus Christ to get baptized at the age of 30, it says it's necessary to fulfill all righteousness, that we have to be doing right in the eyes of God. And mind you, it was at what age? At the age of 30. Cool. From there, let's let Psalms go. Keep in Matthew. Let's go to Numbers chapter 4, verse 46. Let's go to Numbers chapter 4, verse 46. Numbers chapter 4 and verse 46. We're going to be 46 and 47. Numbers chapter 4 and verse 46 reads, all those that were numbered of the Levites, whom Moses and Aaron and the chief of Israel numbered after their families and, and after the house of their fathers, from 30 years old and upward, even up unto 50 years old, everyone that came to do the service of the ministry and the service of the burden in the tabernacle of the congregation. So, when, when a man, the priest, we know the Levites were the priests. When they came to do the service of God, at what age 
did at what age did they start their service to God? From thirty years old and upward. From thirty years old and upward. That at the age of thirty is when as a priest, you couldn't start your priesthood or your service or your ministry to God until you were thirty years old. Right? That when you that you could not start the ministry, you could not start your service to God as a priest until you were what age? From 30 years old and upward, even unto 50 years old, everyone that came to do the service of the ministry and the service of the burden in the tabernacle of the congregation. That, that we cannot start our service and our ministry to the Most High as a priest until you were 30 years of age, all right? And that we had to be washed. That was something I wanted to get. I meant to get that there. From there, let's go to Numbers chapter 8, verse 14 through 16. Now, I know a lot of people saying I'm a shopper. What, what the heck does this got to do with, with anything? Um, I want to know about temptation. You tell me about all this other crap that really don't seem to matter. The reason this matters, brothers and sisters, as, as, as we're going over this, I want us to see in dealing with Christ, that even Christ was tempted, but I really want us to be able to examine and take a look at when was Christ, at what age was he tempted, and what, what was going on when he was tempted. Then now, now, now it was after he got baptized, after 30 years of age. I want us to, I'm, I'm keep kind of driving that, and it's after God announced what? Thou art my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. God announced, made it, made it known, Yes, Jesus is my, I love him. I love Jesus, and I'm pleased with him. Again, right after Christ gets, gets, gets baptized, gets washed in the water, which we're about to read right now, he's going to be washed in the water, and he's about to start his ministry. He's about to start his service towards God. I'm, uh, I hope I'm not jumping ahead or losing anybody. <clears throat> I, I really want to make this clear that, of what was happening with, with Christ as he's about to face these temptations. It wasn't because Christ was evil or Christ was going was doing something wrong or that Christ was, was, was uh that that God was against him. But no, that he was actually recognized by God. God did, the Father did recognize him. Thou art thou art my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. He's made this announcement. Christ got baptized He's doing right by God, and he's about to be facing these temptations. We, in Lycan, are going to face a similar thing. As we start doing right in the eyes of God, we're doing the right thing, but now this is when the most temptation is going to hit us. This is what I'm really trying to lay down and really trying to establish. So now if we go to Numbers chapter uh, 8 and verse, uh, starting at verse 14. Numbers chapter 8 and verse 14 reads, Thus shalt thou separate the Levites from among the children of Israel, and the Levites shall be mine. Verse 15 reads, And after that shall the Levites go in to do the service of the tabernacles 
of the tabernacle of the congregation, and thou shalt cleanse them and offer them for an offering. Verse 16, for they are holy given unto me from among the children of Israel instead of such open every womb, even instead of the firstborn of all the children of Israel have I taken them unto me. All right, cool. So just an understanding of the office of the Levites, that the Levites, before they get started, at what age did the Levites start their service? Starting at 30 years, of, 30 years of age. But before they started their service, as we're reading here now in, in Numbers of Abraham 14, or, uh, verse 15, what, what, what was said about the Levites and them starting their service to the Most High, the ministry to God? Numbers of Abraham 15 says what? Five. Numbers chapter 8 and verse 15 reads, And after that shall the Levites go into do the service of the tabernacle of the congregation, and thou shalt cleanse them and offer them for an offering. So before they could do the service of the tabernacle, the service of the ministry, they had to be what? They had to be cleansed. You're not going to find, we're not going to find the word baptized in the Old Testament. It doesn't say baptize in the Old Testament. It says to cleanse or to wash. Before the, the Levites could start the, the, their service as being ministers of God to the tabernacle and doing the work of God, they had to be what, at what age did they have to be? They had to be 30. And, they had to be 30 years of age. And, and cleansed. And then they had to be cleansed. And the way we, way we were cleansed was to be washed in water. Is this making sense? Is, is everybody – good morning. Does this make any sense to you? Con, it, it, to you specifically? Con, con yeah. Me specifically, yes. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's in order. It's, it's, it's very clear and um, very, very thorough. Tell, tell me what you're getting from. Tell me, tell me what you're understanding about it. Um, of getting um, – basically, since, since the class is on – Temptation, and we're dealing we're, we're dealing with the temptation of Christ. Um, we're show, what you're showing is that everyone that did this, that does the service of the Heavenly Father, uh, of the, the ministry, um, the, the the teaching of the people, the teaching of the laws uh, as priests, all are all go through the same the same process and starting from the same age uh, of that age being 30 30 and up um, and we're showing that even Christ went through the same process following the law statutes and commandments which is the righteousness also so um, time. no 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 time I, I was I was saying yeah, go ahead. You were getting ready to uh to reiterate or, or and, and being right with God, Christ is keeping the commandments. Right. And being right with God, Christ is is keeping the commandments. He he he's uh, thirty years old. He's about to start his ministry, and he got washed. He got baptized. He got washed and baptized in order to start his ministry, because the priest had to be thirty years of old, and they had to be cleansed before they can actually start their service or their ministry unto God. 
All right. Let's go back to Matthew chapter 3, verse 16. Right. <laughs> Matthew chapter 3 and verse 16. <clears throat> Reads, and Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway, straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Again, so Christ is doing the right thing. He's doing right by the Father. He's keeping commandments. He's about to start his service and official ministry to God at the age of 30. And he went, he got cleansed. He went and got baptized. Um, Now from there, that was Matthew chapter 3. And verse 17. Now let's go to Matthew chapter 4. We're going to start at verse 1. We're going to read Matthew chapter 4. We're going to start at verse 1, and we're actually going to read uh, through verse 11. So I hope everybody, I'm, I'm, it's not being confusing. I hope I'm, I'm, the, the stage is being set. I hope, I, hope it, um, I hope everybody doesn't have any already some preconceived notions about what's going on or what's happening, whatever. I'm, I'm trying to really establish the, the the angle or the point of view or perspective that, yes, even Christ got tempted. But I really want to get established of when Christ when did Christ get tempted? When is it recorded in the scriptures that Christ really got tempted? It was after he was he was uh, acknowledged by the Father. It was after it was said uh, by the Father, "Thou art in." Uh, thou my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. The father was pleased with him. The Most High was happy of what he was doing. He was on the right path. He's doing the right thing. The father announced this, and now he's about to face a temptation. And again, I want us to take note of this. I'm really hoping everybody take kind of takes note of this, because a lot of times people, when we come into the in, into the knowledge of the Israelites, that we're God's chosen people that it seems like sometimes it seems like the truth gets harder. It seems like, damn, why, why am I going through this? Why, why am I having thoughts of this? Why is this attacking me? And, and we really get into a, a real conundrum, for lack of a better word. We really get into the, uh, 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 almost a real bitter state of mind because we're wondering, if, I'm doing, if, I'm doing, if God's with me, then why am I facing all this adversity? If God really is with me, then why am I being faced with all this? It was easier for me before I found out I was an Israelite and started keeping commandments of the Most High. Why now am I being faced with all the different type of, of struggles and conflicts and afflictions and temptations? Why is all this hitting me now? I never, I never had it so rough. So how do I know that this really is the truth? How do I know that this really is? Of God, because now this has gotten harder than ever. Well, I wanted to see that this, these were the same steps, and these were the same things that Christ went through. That after God acknowledged him, that you are my beloved son, in whom I will please, you ain't got baptized, you ain't got cleansed before you started your ministry. You're about to start your ministry. 
You're doing the right thing. You're doing good. You're doing good. You're doing the right thing. But now, as we're about to read, let's read. Matthew chapter 4, verse 1. Come on. Matthew chapter 4, verse 1 reads, Then was Jesus led up, led up of the Spirit unto the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Right. right. So right after he gets baptized, he gets out of the water, the, heaven, the Holy Spirit descends upon him like a dove, and then the voice from heaven is heard, Thou my beloved Son, in whom I will please. He was led where? Into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Now, from, from the church perspective, from Christianity perspective, it was, well, if God's with me, then it should be all easy. <clears throat> if God said he's with me, he's pleased with me, then it should be all easy. But we're seeing that it was right after it was said, you're doing right. You're doing good. You, you, you're following the laws of God. You, you, uh, you wouldn't got baptized after the law. You're starting your ministry after the law. You're doing right. You're doing good. I'm pleased with you that immediately what's going on, he's being led into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And who led him here? The spirit. He had to go here now. Keep reading. Matthew chapter 4 and verse 2 reads, And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward in hunger. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. So if we look at Matthew chapter 4, verse 3. Part of Christ's temptation was what? From Matthew chapter 4, verse 3, to do what? That he'd been fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. He didn't eat anything for 40 days, 40 nights. That's a month and 10 days that he's fasting, that he's denying himself. Now, at the end of these 40 days and 40 nights, this is when the tempter came. This is when the devil came. And now, what was the temptation that he was being faced with? And again, and we're dealing with the definition of temptation, that what? As I, as I pull it back up, I pull the definition back up. Um, the enticement to evil by arguments, by flattery, or by the offer of some real or, or apparent good. Enticement to, uh, definition number four, that which is presented to the mind as an inducement to evil. So it's been 40 days and 40 nights. He hasn't ate anything. And what's he being presented with? To go ahead now, turn, turn some, these rocks into bread. To do what? To eat. To, if we come back to definition number one, the enticement to evil proceeding from the prospect of pleasure or advantage. Do something that's going to please you. You ain't got baptized. You came out here, you got 40 days and 40 nights, you haven't ate anything. You're starving. You're hungry. Now, that's when Satan came to him. The temper came to him and said what? 
Go for your pleasure. Do something for you. Do something that makes you feel good. You, if you are the son of God, didn't the Most High say that he's that you're his beloved son? Did he tell you that he's real pleased with you? Now here you are out here sacrificing. You haven't ate anything for forty days and forty nights. Go ahead now. It, since God said He's with you, said He that you're His beloved Son. Go ahead, turn these rocks into bread and satisfy your hunger. Why not? You're hungry. The Most High already said He's pleased with you. He already said you're His beloved. Do something that's going to please you. Do something for yourself. And when, when it boils down to it, brothers and sisters, that, that, that's what Satanism is all about. Satanism is about pleasing yourself. It ain't about eating, eating uh, 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 bad heads or, or, or drinking blood or, or, or killing of cats. The number one premise of Satanism is do for you. Put yourself first. That's, that, that's, that's the foundation of Satanism. And what's being presented to Christ right here, after it's been acknowledged, after he went back, he got baptized, he got cleansed. Um, he started his ministry, and immediately he goes to the wilderness. He's fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. He hasn't ate anything for 40 days and 40 nights. Now the temper comes and is saying what? Do something for you. Do something for yourself. You have the power. You can make this happen for you. Do something for yourself. You know you're hungry. You know you're starving. And you've been out here. God already said he's with you. God already said he loves you. <coughs> God already said that you're doing things that please him. So do something. Take advantage for yourself. Please yourself. Why are you doing all the sacrifices? Why are you doing all this? It's time for you to do something for you. You've been doing. Why am I putting myself through all this suffering? Why am I putting myself through all this right here? It's about time I do something for me. Don't I deserve some good? Don't I deserve some 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 uh, uh, to have something? This is how temptation works. Are you going to put yourself first? Are you going to hear the argument in your mind? You know, my mama always said, uh, uh, I have such a big heart. I always let people just walk all over it. It's time for me to do something for me. I'm tired of being taken advantage. Now is what time I stand up for me, and I go ahead and protect me, and I do something for me. It's time I take matters in my own hands. Brothers and sisters, this is the same thing that's being presented to, to Christ, to Yahweh Shai, it's the same thing being presented to him. Why am I putting myself through all this suffering? Why am I putting myself through all this sacrifice? It's time I do something for me. I'm starving. I'm hungry. And, yeah, I do have the power. I can turn this, these rocks into bread. I can turn these stones into bread and satisfy myself. I can do for me. I've been going for such a long time, 40 days and 40 nights, a month and 10 days. 
time, I took matters in my own hands and did something for me. You're right. You, you put up a good argument. God did say he's with me. God did say he's pleased with me. Let me go ahead now and please myself. Let me go ahead and turn these stones into bread and do for me. Now, I also want to bring attention, brothers and sisters. Mind you, is it a sin to eat bread? No. That's not a sin. That's not the evil that's being presented. It's not evil to eat bread. But what's the evil part right here? I put it myself first. Christ is starving. Christ is hungry. The evil that he's being tempted with, is is he going to do something just for himself? Is he going to get tired of the suffering, tired of what he's going through, and then, then twist this, God said he's with me. God said he loves me. Let me go ahead and do this for me. Now, this is the temptation that's being presented to him. This, this is what is being presented to him. You know you're hungry. God said he's with you. God said he loves you. Go ahead and eat. Go ahead and devour. Do something for yourself. You've suffered long enough not eating anything. Go ahead and do it for you. Take matters into your own hands. And no, we cannot find one law that says it's evil to eat bread. We can't find that one law that says that that's a sin. But what Christ is being faced with here is not about breaking the law. What Christ is being faced with here is, is he going to put himself first? That is what he's being presented with. Uh, what verse are we in, sir? We are in verse uh, 5. Matthew chapter 4 and verse 5. Let's read verse 4 again. Oh, okay. Oh, well. Do you want me to start at three or four? Verse three. Verse three. Matthew chapter four and verse three reads, And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the son of God, command that these stones be made bread. Verse four. But he answered and said, and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. So, how, how did, what did Christ use he used the to, word. To, to combat the thoughts that came to his mind? What did you think about he, Well, uh, he, he used the, the word. He used the, the, the word of the most high to combat the temptation. So the temptation that was trying to get him to do for self, trying try to be enticed and 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 uh, induced to serve himself, to put himself first. When he when he was starving, he was a hungered. What did Christ use to fight even the thoughts that were coming to him that uh, to to 
a regular mind, it would make sense. God's with me. God loves me. I'm hungry. Let's eat. What do we see Christ using? That says, but every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God is what he From used there. to combat the temptation. Let's go to Deuteronomy 8, verse 3. Hold, let's hold, keep a bookmark here, and let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 8, and verse 3 reads, And he humbled thee, and suffered thee to hunger, and fed thee with man, which thou knewest not. Neither did thy fathers know that he might make thee know that man doth not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of the Lord doth man live. So here we're seeing that Christ, and not serving himself, and not putting himself first, even though he was hungered, even though he hasn't eaten for 40 days and for 40 nights, even though the Father said, you're my beloved son, and whom I'm well pleased, that instead of now using the taking advantage of the situation for himself. What did Christ use to combat the hunger that was attacking his mind and his body? He used a scripture. He used a scripture. But sisters, we, we, we really got to take, take note of this. That we're going to be hit with a lot of things. That's going to we're going to be hit with arguments. We're going to be hit with with um, what did it say? What was the definition again? Arguments. Uh, uh, the enticement to to evil by arguments or by flattery by the offer of some uh, apparent good. Some some real or apparent good. Real or apparent good, yes, sir. We're going to be hit with these things. This, it, they hit Christ. They won't hit us. Also, what did Christ have to use to to overthrow the argument to do something for himself? What did Christ have to use to overthrow the flattery that was presented to himself? That I am the Son of God. God is with me. What did Christ have to use? To overcome this temptation, he had to apply scripture. He had to apply the scripture. So, how important is it for us to be studying to know the scriptures so that when things are presented to our minds, to want to serve myself, to want to put myself first, what do we have to have in order to fight these thoughts off? We got to have scriptures to not give in to our own pleasures, to not give in to the things that, that we might be suffering. We might be suffering, and now we're being pushed by arguments, by flattery, by the promise of some advantage. Let me now do something for me. I'm tired of, of always putting myself last. I ain't getting nothing out of the deal. It's time for me now to do something for me. 
It's time for me now to get some type of advantage. It's time for me now to get some type of pleasure. It's time for me now to, to get some good. I got to take matters in my own hands and, 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 and get some good because nice guys finish last. And I'm tired of being on the bottom. I'm tired of having – it's time for me to put me first. To fight those type of thoughts, Christ had to even himself had to use a scripture. He had to let the word of God overcome his willpower. He had to let his love of God overcome the thoughts that were hitting him the hardest. By not just quoting the scripture, applying the scripture. And yes, once again, this is after it was acknowledged by God, you're my beloved son, in whom I'm well pleased. You're doing the right thing. And then immediately, you just got cleansed. You got baptized. And right after that, cool. You're about to start your ministry, but first you got to go face this. Are you going to put yourself first? You've been sacrificing. You've been fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. You're hungry. Are you now going to put yourself first? After you figure, I've been doing so much good. I've been doing right. I've been putting myself last. I've been doing for others. I ain't got nothing to show for it. Now I'm going to do for me. Now it's not me. What am I going to get out of the deal? Brothers and sisters, these are the same thoughts that we get faced with. Everybody else is doing good. Everybody else ain't got to go. No one else around me is going through what I'm going through. So it's time for me now. I got to go ahead and do for me. These are the same thoughts we get hit with. Matthew. Uh, we're going back to Matthew uh, chapter 4, um, and we were in uh, 5. Uh, we read this for again. Matthew chapter 4 and verse 5 reads, But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. Reading on the devil. Then the devil taketh him up into the holy city and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple and saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, Cast thyself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. What do we see the devil using right here, the tempter using right here? Flattery. <laughs> he's using a scripture. Right. Come on, he's using con. He's using the scripture still. Since Christ used the scripture the first to, at the first temptation, now the tempter is using a scripture against him, trying to use a scripture 
are you still going to put yourself first? All right, cool. It says you want to use scriptures. Now, Satan is presenting a scripture to Christ to try and argue with Christ to still serve yourself. Prove it. God said he's with you. God said he loves you. Then make God prove it. Take matters in your own hands again. And here's the scripture. It's a scripture, right? It's what the Bible says, right? So here's the scripture. Let's see what Christ does. Is Christ going to say, well, it is a scripture, so let me go ahead and do it because it is a scripture. It is written, and I just said it is written. So now here Satan is giving me a scripture that it is written. So let me go ahead and just do, let me prove it. And he did use a scripture. The, what I want to try to understand right here is just because somebody uses a scripture doesn't mean that they're right. You, you can be tempted to use a scripture the wrong way, to put yourself in advantage, and to be dead wrong. It could be. Again, these are the temptations of Christ. The first time, you know you're starving. You know you're hungry. God said he, he loves you. God said he's pleased with you. Go ahead. You know you're hungry. Turn these rocks into bread and go ahead and eat. Christ, you the scripture. Okay. Saint came back. All right, cool. We'll check this out. I'm going to put you on top. Uh, let's, go to the Holy, let's go to Jerusalem. Top of the pinnacle. Top of the, uh, of the synagogue. Cool. Check it out. Jump. If you really are the son of God, if God is with you, the most I really is, loves you and is pleased with you, then jump. Because it is written, he shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up. Listen, any time I dash thy foot against a stone. That's found in Psalm chapter 91. We're not going to go there. But that, that's a quote from Psalm chapter 91. Now let's see if Christ went ahead and gave in to these thoughts these thoughts based on this scripture. I'm going to please myself based on this scripture right here. It is a scripture. Verse 7. Matthew chapter 4 and verse 7. Read. Jesus said unto him, it is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. So what does Christ have to do when presented with a scripture that still might put him first? He had to use a scripture. A scripture that still kept him humble. He had to come back now and use another scripture that put him last. He didn't use the scripture to put himself first, and I'm going to serve me, and I'm going to do for me. He didn't do that. He had to use another scripture that kept him humble, not serving himself. 
not pleasing himself. Can anybody see this? That he he didn't get another scripture or a scripture to prove, yeah, you're right. I am the son of God. The most I is with me. He said he's pleased with me. And damn, you just used a scripture where I can go ahead and put myself first. Let me go ahead and jump because that's what the Bible said, that God said he's not going to, that God said, I'm not going to dash my foot against the stone. That is a scripture. No different than a scripture might be presented to, to, to us. It says, God will give you the desires of your heart. Somebody will read that one scripture, that half a scripture, that's found in First John, God will give you the desires of your heart. See, the Bible says I'm supposed to have the desires of my heart. So how come I ain't got nothing yet? Then why am I suffering? How is it that I know I'm an Israelite, I'm keeping some of these laws, and I don't have the things I want? The Bible says I'm supposed to have the, the Bible says I'm supposed to have the desires of my heart. I don't have the desires of my heart. This is wrong. I'm being taken advantage of. I need to do something that's going to please me. I need to do something for me. I got a scripture to prove it. If you ain't, if we ain't careful, if you ain't study, brothers and sisters, you will. Remember, Second Timothy chapter two verse fifteen says, "Study to show yourself approved." Uh, study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Are you using these scriptures to keep putting yourself humble? Are you using these scriptures to keep putting yourself last? Or are you at the point where, like with Christ, I've been serving God, I've been doing this, and now and I ain't got nothing to show for it? It's time for me to take matters in my own hands. Cause I'm tired of so I'm tired of being I'm tired of having anything. I look around and I see everybody else has got this, got that, got, got 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 everything, and I ain't got nothing. This this is not right. I gotta go ahead now and do for me. I gotta now take matters in my own hands. Brothers and sisters, are we following Christ? Are we following Christ? Christ used the scriptures to keep himself in check. Christ used the scriptures to get himself in order, not to get others in order. I got to get you. I got to show you that you're wrong. That ain't what Christ did. After his own obedience was fulfilled, I'll say it like that. That's, that's what Paul came, to, came back and told us. What we're seeing here, brothers and sisters, that Christ couldn't even become that minister to go out and start teaching people. So he had to face his own temptations. He had to be cleansed. He had to be 30. He had to be cleansed, and then he had to go face his own temptations, had to face his, his own temptations, overcome them. Then he can go out and teach. Then he can go out and, and actually do the quote-unquote work on the most side. I hope we're seeing this, brothers and sisters. Again, that even Christ got gets got tempted, and I'm trying to bring out. Look at some of the things he got tempted with, and he was doing good, he was doing right, 
But now, is he going to turn and serve himself? Is he going to now use arguments, the, the, the promise of advantages, the promise of a pleasure to his own mind? Is he going to start serving self, or is he understanding this ain't about him? Let's keep reading. Let's keep reading. Uh, um, Matthew chapter 4 and verse 8 reads, Again, the devil takes him up into the exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. And saith unto him, All these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then Do you want glory? You want glory, fame, respect, prosperity? The devil said, I'll give it to you, but you gotta worship me. And again, how do we worship the devil? You put yourself first. That is how that's how devil worship is really accomplished. It's not because we, we hold up the devil horns. It's not because we can go read Anton LaVey. It's not because we, we uh 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 again we go we go pull pull the the heads off of cats and then let their blood drip all over us at the midnight hour. The way we the way Satan is served, you put yourself first. That's how Satan is served. That's how Satan is worshipped. Ain't got it got nothing to do with the Baphomet. Ain't got nothing to do with the boule. Ain't got nothing to do with, with, with some witchcraft or some, some, some hocus pocus or, or, or anything like that. The, the what now? The the Balenciaga, um, it's the you know the 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 the, the, the king of the of the of the evil evil powers, I guess. You know that that they conjure up. It's the it's the because there's nothing new under the sun, but it's it's like it's like the Baal. Uh, you know, Baal or, or Baal with a different uh, name, you know, uh, Balenciaga. Like right, right. Yeah. It's the fact that uh, you put yourself first. Uh, reading on, verse 10. That's why, uh, give an example. Anybody, go just go look up the laws of Satanism. Well, I ain't going to do it now on this show. We, we've done it. Go Google the laws of Satanism or the, 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 the Satan's holy days. The first holy day in Satan worship is, is a person's birthday. That's the first, just like, just like with God, the first holy day of God is the Sabbath. The first holy day, if you will, for Satanism, is your birthday. Because what's going on? You're putting yourself first. It's your birthday. It's your birthday. It's your birthday. Put yourself first. So what is, what is, what is Satan telling Christ here in Matthew chapter 4, verse 8 and 9? You want glory, prosperity, fame? I'll give it to you. 
you got to worship me. Meaning what? Worship yourself. Put yourself first. Put your pleasure, put your feelings, put what makes you feel good, put that first. Reading on, verse 10. Uh, Matthew chapter 4 and verse 10. Read, then saith Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only that shalt thou serve. Cool. So now we see Christ did what again? Use the scripture to combat the uh, the temptation of the temple. He he pulled another scripture. He pulled another scripture to fight off these temptations to put himself first. He used another scripture to deal with the feeling of my service is no good. What I'm doing, is, I ain't getting nothing out of this. He had to still use scriptures. Real quick, guys, let's get Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 13 and 14. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 13 through 14. Read. Yep. Thou shalt fear the Lord thy God, and serve him, and shalt swear by his name. Ye shall not go after other gods, of the gods of the people which are around about you. Cool. Now let's, let's jump to uh, chapter 10, verse 20. Huh. Deuteronomy chapter 10. In verse 20, <clears throat> Read. Thou shalt fear the Lord thy God, him shalt thou serve, and to him shalt thou cleave and swear by his name. Right, so what's the law tell us now in verse 20? That thou shalt fear the Lord thy God, him shalt thou serve, and to him shalt thou cleave and swear by his name. So who are we supposed to be serving, ourselves or, the, or God? We're supposed to be serving the most high. Sorry. We're supposed to be serving the most high. Not serving ourselves. So again, I just want, I want to kind of hopefully lay this foundation that I, I hope it's being laid correctly and properly for people to kind of register that even Christ was tempted. But I want us to bring, I'm trying to bring attention to at what point did Christ have to face this temptation. Is after he was recognized by the Most High. Thou art my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. He was at the age of 30, according to the law. He went and got cleansed, baptized, according to the law. And, he's, and this is right before he's about to start his ministry. That he had to overcome these things. He had, overcome, he had to overcome these temptations to serve himself. He had, he had to overcome these temptations of getting angry, mad, frustrated, depressed, about always putting others first and not putting himself first. That he understood he's a minister of the Most High. He's a priest of the Most High. 
He's a servant of the Most High. And in being that servant, that minister, that priest of the Most High, you can't put yourself first. And you can't even let scriptures put you in that light. That it's about you, that you suffered long enough, that now it's time for you to have some prosperity. It's not, it's not time for you to enjoy some good. I want us to see that, that these were the exact same things that Christ was going through. Brother Gabor, is, is this kind of clear or, or, or no? What, what, what are you getting? What, what are you receiving? It's, it's, it's more than clear. It's, it's, it's a, you know, in a, an amazing uh, understanding that you've, uh, that, that, the, that the scriptures have showed us. Um, that even even in the in in the the, the 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 temptation where the temptation comes from is um the temptation to serve yourself instead of the heavenly father. Um, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. I mean bottom bottom line. Um even with the 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 definition um the definition of, of the temptation the enticement to, to evil by argument or by flattery in which the scriptures that we went through um they they had both being that you know an argument and and the flattery like when um the tempter uh, was saying that since you are the the, the son of the of the son of the Most High, and you can get in this power, you know that that in itself is like the flattery. You know, you have the power to call upon the angels so that the the, the angels would bear thee up, so that you you would not go through any harm or or even touch the stone if you were to. To jump off the off the top of the mountain, you know, it's, it's the it's the flattery, is you know, for the enticement. You get the, the the true understanding of what temptation is, and the third point is that even Christ went through the temptation. He wasn't exempt. Um, it makes me think about the scripture. I, I I can't remember exactly where it's at, but right now, but um, where it says that Christ was tempted on every point, meaning even even him. When we go through the scriptures that we went through before, where the heavenly Father said he was well pleased, and and this is you know his beloved son, but he still had to go through the process of the, the scriptures, the process of, 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 of seeking righteousness, the process of following the law section of the Heavenly Father and being tempted like, like, like we're tempted when we're going through things and giving us the example of who we should be following by giving the example of serving the Heavenly Father first 
and not ourselves. And in each in each instance or through every scripture we're given the, the, the edification or the understanding on um Christ going through going through the temptation, being tempted. And and using the righteousness, which is the the, the, the righteousness of the scriptures to combat the temptation or the enticement. To do evil by argument or flattery. Um by the apparent some what what is it? Some some real or apparent um good. The good means the pledge to himself. To serve himself. From there, uh, let's, let's finish the scripture. Uh, Matthew chapter four, verse eleven. <clears throat> Matthew chapter four and verse eleven. Matthew chapter four and verse eleven reads: Then the devil leaveth him, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. After Christ fought these these three temptations, these three battles, he endured until the end. What happened? The devil left him. The devil leaveth him, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. Let's get James. James chapter 4, and let's start at verse 5. James chapter 4 and verse 5. Read. Do ye think that the scripture saith in vain? The spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy? That a lot of times, not a lot of times, there's, there's a spirit in each and every one of us that lusts or desires to be envious. That there, there's a there's an innate desire in each of us that always says somebody else is taking advantage of me. Somebody else has got it better than I got. The 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 the, the, the that proverbial, the grass is always green on the other side. That I'm going through something that no one else is going through, and they they have good. They got this going on. They got that going on, and I live in a hovel. I ain't got nothing. Uh, I'm, uh, it's because I'm too nice. I'm too giving. I'm too. I'm too forgiving. Um, and that all, I, I just get. If, if it weren't for bad luck, I have no luck at all. Is it that, that's the spirit that's in each and every one of us. To have those thoughts, to have those feelings that somebody is getting advantage over me. You can see it in kids. You see it in, in, in toddlers. A toddler can be playing with one toy. He got, he got a chest full of, 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 of toys. He's playing with one toy. Let another toddler come in and grab another toy, and what would that first toddler do? Put his toy down. Go ahead. 
put his toy down and and want the want the toy that the that the that the other child is playing with. Yeah. The the thought that this 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 new this this the second toddler is having more fun with this toy that's his toy, he just can't deal with that. What 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 what's that mean? The first words out of a toddler's mouth, mine. 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 Now, if, a, if an infant sees you eating something, what's the infant want? That same thing you eat. So the scripture is true, that there is a spirit in us that lusts to envy. That somebody is getting an advantage or has something, they have something better. That that's the that's almost the first thought in everybody's mind. What about me? What about mine? Where's mine at? Reading on. James chapter four and verse six reads, "But he giveth more grace." Wherefore he saith, "God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble." And most I resist the proud, but he does give grace unto the humble. The more more we go in our opinions that that someone's taking advantage of me, uh, I always get the short end of the, of the stick. What good is it serving the Most High? I got nothing to show for it. And we and now we want to push our own thought. We want to push ourselves. Put ourselves first. Moses said he resists the proud. But the most high gives grace unto the humble. We saw with Christ, those three temptations, Christ was humble to the word of the most high. Ready? Uh, James chapter 4. And verse 7 reads, Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. And do we not see that in the example of Christ? We sure did. Keep using the scriptures to not put yourself first, and then the devil will flee from you. We just have to keep enduring and keep applying the scriptures. You keep fighting them thoughts that it's time for me to do something for myself. It's time for me to put myself first. I've been suffering long enough. Read it on. James chapter 4 and verse 8 reads, Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands. Ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Verse nine. Verse nine. Be afflicted and mourn. Be what? And weep. Afflicted and mourn. Be afflicted. Be afflicted and mourn. Go ahead. And weep. Go ahead. Let your laughter be turned to mourning, and your joy to heaviness. Read on. 
10, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. Did we not see that very same example with Yahweh with Christ? We, we sure did. That for these, these temptations, he never put himself first. He never allowed circumstances that put him first. I hope everybody's seeing this. I really hope this is coming out really clear. That even Christ got tempted, and these were the things that he got tempted with. That we are going to be tempted with, with the exact same similar uh, situations. Are we going from our own hungers? Myself first. From a scripture we read, I will put myself first. For 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 some false sense of glory, of appreciation, um, uh, fame, I'm gonna put myself first. Now let's go to Hebrews. Chapter 2, and you quoted this earlier. Uh, we're going to read it now. Hebrews chapter 2, we're going to start verse 16. Hebrews chapter 2, we're going to start verse Hello, hello. Oh. Hebrews chapter two and verse sixteen. Uh, I'm sorry, sir. I had I had it on mute to so hide the background noise. <laughs> Hebrews chapter two and verse Hebrews chapter two and verse sixteen reads, For verily he took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. So where I, I, a lot of people say, well, Christ was an angel. He could do that. Christ was an angel. He was the son of God. He could do that. Don't expect me to do that. But we already hear that Christ said he took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. He, 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 he didn't use any, any special mystical force, any special angelic force. He just chose to do what pleased the Most High. It was a choice. He chose to put himself last. Reading on. Son, Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 17 reads, Wherefore in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest, and things pertaining to the Most High, to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. Right, it behooved him. He had to be made like we are. To be able to go through the same things that we go through, so he could be that high priest, so he could be that teacher, so he could be that minister, that he's gone through the exact same things that we go through to show us how to get through them without sin. And then, no. He didn't need no special angelic power. 
He didn't need no no the the, the a special lucky charm or an amulet or a crystal or 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 um all he drank was holy water. No. He was made exactly like we are to go through the exact same things that we went through are going through to show us there's a way to please God. We see one thing he had to do was study. He had to study and apply to not put himself first. We had to see that off the jump. We're uh, reading on. Verse 18. Uh, Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 18 reads, For in that he himself hath suffered being tempted, he is able to succor them that are tempted. Right. Christ was tempted like we are. And if we just follow his steps, we can endure temptation also. Again, that temptation to put yourself first. The temptation not to be afflicted, not to be fasting, not, not to put, not to continue to put others first, but not put yourself first. Christ endured that to give us an example, to give us an example of what to follow, that it can be done because everyone around us is going to be putting themselves first. However, however it wants to be justified, everybody will get to the point where they'll put themselves first. From there, let's go to Hebrews chapter 4. And we start verse 14. Hebrews chapter 4. Chapter 4, starting at verse 16. 14. 14. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. It says, but was in all points tempted like as we are, but without sin. And none of the temptations that Christ was faced with did he put himself first. Not one. Hell, to eat bread and even it's not even unlawful. To eat bread is lawful. But in what circumstance was it about him eating, turning the stones into bread to satisfy his own hunger? It's not like he was being tempted with some pork, some shrimp, some crab, some lobster. Bread became a temptation. And again, bread is not the bread is not evil. But what was the act trying to entice him to do? Put himself first. Focus on his hunger. Focus on how long he gone without eating and put himself first. Here you go. Uh, um, 
Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16 reads, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Find grace to help in a time of need. Let's, the, if the same way Christ endured the temptation, then the angels minister him, minister unto him. If we keep finding the temptations, the devil will flee, and the Most High will send some relief. The Most High will send some relief. And mind you, all this came about when? After Christ turned 30, after Christ got baptized, after the Most High said, this is my, this is my beloved son and whom I will please. That Christ was doing the right thing when, when these temptations hit him. He was doing the thing that pleased God when these temptations hit him, but he still had to be tempted. He still had to endure the temptations to not put himself first. Now, let's go to 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13. First Corinthians chapter ten and verse thirteen. Right. First Corinthians chapter ten verse thirteen. First Corinthians chapter ten and verse thirteen reads There hath no temptation taken you but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able. But will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. I mean, I I, I don't I, I can't I really can't expound on the scripture no, no further than what it is, is clearly stated. There is no temptation taking you but such as is common to man. A lot of times we want to put ourselves we want to put ourselves in this, this category because of the envy that's in us that our circumstances is different from anybody else's. We want to put ourselves in such a victim mode that we're the only ones suffering the way we're suffering. That that our suffering is is different and a little bit more severe than the next man's. So to justify, I can go ahead and put myself first. To justify why it's okay if I go ahead and take matters in my own hands. That that each of us has got that envy inside of us. But the scripture here tells us what? That there is no temptation that's taking you but such as is common to man. Ain't nobody, I don't care who it is on the planet Earth, nobody's going through a temptation that someone else ain't going through. Again, and the temptation being to put yourself first, to do, to do for you, to be tired of the suffering, be tired of the affliction, be tired of whatever it is you're going through, and now it's time for you to do for you. But it says the Messiah is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able. The Messiah won't give nobody something they can't handle. If he if he gave you how if, if he put this to you how a shy, he knew you how a shy can handle it. He knew that Christ can handle it. But what tools did Christ have to use in order to escape these temptations? He had to use the scriptures. 
and not put himself first. It says, but will, when the temptation, also make a way to escape, that you may be able to bear it. That's why scripture said that Christ became the author of our salvation through the things that he suffered. Let's go one more scripture and we'll call it for a night. Let's go to uh, 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 12. 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 12. First Peter chapter 4 and verse 12 <clears throat> reads, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened. Let me read that again. First Peter chapter 4 and verse 12 reads, Beloved, Think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. Again, I can't really state it no clearer than what the text says. That one, we can't think that we're going through something strange that ain't nobody else going through about being tempted to put myself first because of what I'm suffering. To be tempted to to, to uh, be fed up with, frustrated with, annoyed with the things I got to put up with. That I, I got to keep putting others first. And I can't do the things that are going to make me happy that's going to please my mind, that's going to uh, give me some advantage, but then I keep putting others first. So, beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you. We, we can rest assured that we're going to be put in situations, am I going to do, put myself first, or am I, am I going to put others first? Am I going to allow the things I'm going through to, to get into my head and now I put myself first, and I'm not going to continue to put others first. I'm not going to be considerate. Beloved, thinking that strange, concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened to you. But rejoice, and as much as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. So this is part one of us going over, over temptations, uh, temptation. Um, I, hope, I hope it was edifying. I hope it was informative. I hope it was, um, it was clear. Uh, my prayer is that, that from this class, or any of the classes that, that are done, um, that it's something that can be applied. It's something that a person can take, take this class and as a mirror, Look at themselves to, to to really help get get a hold of themselves. That if you if you've gone off the path, that, that a class like this might help a person get back on the path. That this this is this this really is about being humble. This really is about putting others first, and then using the scriptures 
in order to put others first. And knowing that because I put others first, because I'm considerate of others, even though others might not be considerate of me, I'm doing right in the eyes of God. I'm doing right by the Most High. And I'm, the scripture I'm using to help put others first, the scriptures I'm using to help uh, be humble in putting others first and how to quiet down the thoughts of my own mind, how to quiet down the thoughts of my own head. That that this will help. That these classes and the classes that, that we produce, that they might actually help. All right, cool. Uh, Brother Gabar uh, any anything to um, say, add, um, remind us of, anything at all? Um, just, uh, just, just for us to remember um, and reiterating what you just said is to serve, to serve the Heavenly Father in order and righteously. Um, pleasing him is to put him first and in 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 all temptation to resist all temptation of serving yourself first um to 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 actually uh, with with the scripture philippians two and um Four, verse 4, where it says, Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. To put, to put yourself last. To put, 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 your, put your, your issues and not be tempted to, to, to take care of your issues or, or, or your pleasures or... Um, your your things that might benefit you first, but to look on the things and esteem others better than yourself. Um, verse five: Let this let this mind be in you. As um, we went through the class, we we find if we are to follow uh, after the example of Yahushua or, or or Christ that. This mind is also in Yahushua. So, you know, with that, that's what I what 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 I got out of out of uh, today's class. It's not all, but bottom line, um, if we are to follow after the example and example of of Yahushua. And, and to, to serve the Heavenly Father in righteousness, and um, that's by putting the Heavenly Father first, putting the scriptures, using the scriptures also to combat the temptation of wanting to serve ourselves first. Use the scriptures. Right, con, con, con. Chua, chua, chua. All right, brothers and sisters, um, with that, we, we, we're coming to a conclusion of, of, of tonight's class. Uh, thank you, everybody, who did tune in, or whether you caught us on a, a, the live um, a stream that we did, or if you might call and, and, and or you kept checking out uh, one of the archives. Uh, appreciate it. Again, you can reach us at uh, IS, uh, on iHeartRadio, 
iHeartRadio Podcast, uh, Google Podcast, um, Podcast Addict, as well as um, iHeart Apple iTunes. I'm sorry, Apple iTunes uh, uh, Radio uh, Podcast under ISBHPK uh, Bible Talk. All right, um, uh, you can catch any of our archive shows that, we, that we've done uh, on there or www.blogtalkradio.com. Uh, pull that pull that website that web page up. Uh, type in the search box uh, Mashaba M A S H A H B A. In terms of our episode page, uh, which which are listed in chronological order from newest to oldest. All right. So with that, uh, my name is Mashaba. Uh, my name is Gabar Kawak. For ISBHBK, we would like to say shalom. Israel, Yahweh our power, Yahweh is one.